to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey, everybody, it's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. So, as you know, we're all working from home. So, for today's episode, we recorded it over Zoom. It features Carissa Bodner. She is the founder and CEO at Thrive Cosmetics. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Blushington CEO Natasha Kornstein. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. This is our third recording of our podcast via Zoom. I'm excited to be sitting with Carissa Bodner. She is the founder and CEO of Thrive Cosmetics. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to do this with you. You're our third recording like this of the day, so I hope it is flawless. Uh, We've learned a lot (laughs) recording this way. We're usually in a studio, which looks like this picture behind me. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, We miss it because we're all working from home right now. I know. We will have to definitely get together once this is all done. (laughs) So are you um, working from home? Yeah, we Thrive Cosmetics actually went remote many weeks ago at the first signs of this. So I am actually calling you from Bellevue, Washington. I'm originally from Washington. We have offices in Los Angeles. We have offices in Florida. We also have offices in, in Washington. And our distribution is in Memphis. So um, you, you said you had kids, right? No, oh. two dogs. Oh, two but dogs. Two rescue dogs. Okay. <laughs> So um, it's you and the dogs, and how are you passing the time other than work? I have been, so something that I have learned over the last couple years is how important exercise is for my mental health. So definitely been exercising. I love to do Peloton, and so I've actually been doing Peloton classes with our customers, which has been super fun to me, uh, or for me, So and and with some of our team members who also have them. So um, it's been, I've, I've been doing that to pass the time, lots of FaceTime calls with my family, I got my grandpa, Grandpa Gary, who's kind of famous on our Instagram. I got him an iPad before this all happened. And so we've been FaceTiming like every day. And so, in fact, we're FaceTiming after this. Oh, that's so amazing. (laughs) Okay. I love that you're doing exercise classes with your customers. That's incredible. It's so fun. It's such a smart idea. We've actually been doing them as a a team too. Every single day we're doing, um, we're doing, classes as a team as well, just to keep us connected. And we're keeping our traditions of like, today's turquoise Tuesday, so I'm wearing my turquoise. I, I If I'm being honest, I wear turquoise every day because it's our brand color. But <laughs> we, uh, you know, we have this company happy hour every Friday and we do, it's called Thrive O'Clock. And so we're continuing to do that virtually and showing baby pictures and then guessing who is, who the baby is. And so, you know, we're definitely doing our best to stay connected. Uh, my team, we've been doing a, a weekly meditation. Love that. A 30-minute meditation each week. And we actually did invite clients to it, but no no clients showed up. So <laughs> it's just our team. Well, let me know next time. I will totally come. Our our chief wellness officer, Aaron, actually has been leading a weekly meditation. And it's we had to figure out the kinks from an audio perspective, but uh, people love it. It's so definitely, I, I'll be there. I love it. Okay. Well, we look forward to it. Um, Okay. So let's get into um, you. This show is all about journey, personal and career journey. And um, when I asked you what you want to be when you grew up, you told me? A beauty product developer. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So how does a kid decide that they want to be a beauty product developer? 
You know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in a town called Stanwood, Washington. I grew up on five acres. I didn't have cable TV. Internet wasn't really in every household at that point. And so in the 90s, I was there with my animals on the farm and having having fun outside and being able to explore. So I've always been a creator. Um, when you live on a dirt road, a lemonade stand is not the most lucrative business to start. So I learned that I needed to be a little bit more creative if I wanted to sell different products to my like three neighbors that I had. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it was, it was really, I think when, when I started having an interest in beauty myself and didn't have access to a makeup store. Like I couldn't go to the Clinique counter because it was over an hour away. And, and so I th- really think that that was what spurred my passion for creating uh, beauty products specifically. Well, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an archaeologist. I love that. Um, and I still like feel like, well, I don't want to go back to school, but I still have a passion for it. But I didn't do anything with that. It was that or own a jewelry store, also something I didn't choose to pursue. Um, oh, I love that. <laughs> Archaeologist, that's so cool. Have you been to Pompeii? I have not. Oh my gosh. No, no, okay. I have. I have. No, Pompeii I've been to. Yes, I have been to Pompeii. I feel, so I'm I'm not an archaeologist, but I do feel like it's an archaeologist's dream because there's so many fascinating things there. Yes, we went there. My son was like six months old. I don't know what we were thinking. Um, we had a very <laughs> wow, wonderful European vacation with the baby. But yes, we went there and it was incredible. I'd like to do it again. What you know, um, there's a lot of things we'd like to do again. Where my kids have been watching um, the Cincinnati Zoo, they do a live stream with different animals each day. And I'm like, oh my god, when this is all over, we're going to the Cincinnati Zoo, like that's where we're heading. Absolutely, I love that. That's so cool. So, um, okay, let's get back into it in terms of your journey. So, you have the aspiration to be a product formulator. Um, how did you make this happen? Well, when I was a kid, I would use different, you know, first it started with melting down my sister's crayons. So sorry to my sister for all of the crayons that I ruined, but, and, and mixing that with different pigments that I was able to create from what was in my mom's garden. So whether it was dahlias or roses, you know, breaking those down and putting that into a formula to create a lipstick. And then ultimately I graduated into using real ingredients because I started reading different chemistry books and things like that and learning about how to formulate products. So in that way, I was very much self-taught and I will be honest, a lot of my formulas, I probably had a lot of sympathy purchases at that point in my, (laughs) in my, my journey. But the way that I paid for college was by working as a makeup artist. And so I worked for Sephora actually for five years, and that was how I put myself through school. And after I graduated, I was able to still continue working as a makeup artist while I worked for Clarisonic when we were just a baby brand. And that was such an awesome experience for me. I got to work in product development. And, you know, when you're a startup, you're kind of working in every department. And <laughs> so I, that was, Clarisonic was my first product development job. So I was working on the devices as well as the, uh, the formulations that went with them and the brush heads. So that's an incredible first job out of college. I right? felt so fortunate. Yeah. In fact, I stopped going to school because they hired me before I graduated. And so then I just stopped going to class because I was like, this is my dream job. I had to take off a day from work to be able to walk in my graduation, which was just so funny. My, they didn't make me take PTO. 
And uh, yeah, no, it was an incredible job. And then the brand Clarisonic was actually purchased by L'Oreal. So then I got to go work for them in their luxury division, which was such amazing experience because I was developing beauty products for some of the largest brands in the world and got to work for some incredible women, Carol Hamilton being one of them, who's still a mentor of mine today. So um, definitely loved my journey there as well. Um, you mentioned to me when we talked yesterday that one of your best formulated products when you were um, a kid was shampoo and conditioner. Yes. <laughs> I, I think your super fans want that product. I think there's an opportunity for you to make something special for them. Oh my gosh. Well, and you know what? If we did come out with a shampoo or conditioner, I would probably still use spirulina. So like so many young girls, I bought that box hair dye at the drugstore and totally fried my hair. And my hair literally looked like somebody had lit a match to it. So I was like, and there was sulfate free shampoos were not a thing at that point. And so, especially in a small town. So that was where I started making my own shampoo and conditioner. And I found that spirulina, which, you know, is so good for us to ingest is also a natural surfactant. And so that was how I started making sulfate free shampoo for myself. So yeah, maybe someday we will have to come out with that. Yeah, maybe like an anniversary gift for your like top customers or something. You know, I love it. Special. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so back to working at L'Oreal, which is like, you know, pretty awesome. Um, how did you go from working there to starting your own business? You know, I was actually on a business trip when my close friend Christy called me and said that she thought she had cancer. And we were 24, 23 years old at the time. And when somebody who's 23 years old gets diagnosed with cancer, I guess at the way I thought about it was like, well, of course you'll beat this. In fact, I had had other friends that had experienced cancer at a young age and totally beat it. Of course it's scary, but you, uh, you just believe that they're going to be able to move through it. And with Christy, unfortunately, less than one year later, she was gone. And it was one of those moments for me where I really thought about what my purpose was because she knew her purpose. While I was hell-bent on climbing the corporate ladder, she was teaching English to orphans around the world. And so, you know, it was one of those those moments for me where I, I knew that I wanted to be giving back and I also wanted to be creating amazing products. And I couldn't go work for a brand like that because it didn't exist. And so, that's really where the idea for Thrive Cosmetics was born. And from the very beginning, I knew that every time somebody purchased something from us, that we would be giving back in some way. So, um, you know, I didn't honestly know Thrive until getting to meet you yesterday. But now that I've seen what you have built here, it's really astonishing. Like, you know, I meet a lot of founders, right? And founders before they find, create the brand, when they're just creating the brand, five years, 10 years, 20 years, and it doesn't become this. It doesn't become, you know, like a movement. Um, this is amazing. Oh, thank you so much. That's very kind of you. You know, there's just not, um, there's really not a lot of stories like this, right? You, you told me like you're, you're a regular, a regular girl, right? You, you, yeah. know, you weren't like born into this um, no. and you made this happen. Um, can we just go back in time a little bit? Because I think it's easy to like romanticize the entrepreneurial experience when things are going okay, <laughs> when you've grown Absolutely. and scaled. But um, you told me that I think it was 2000. 15 or 16, where like on one side of it, this business wasn't really viable. And on like the other side of this dotted line, all of a sudden it was like scalable and viable. 
Um, take us back to that time in the business's um, development and what made the difference between just being like, you know, trying to exist and growing? Yeah, absolutely. So I started the business and out of a one bedroom apartment in Seattle, and I didn't have anybody that I could call in the way of, you know, an investment or anything like that. So I actually worked a full-time job to fund the company. And so I didn't know what a venture capitalist was, in fact. (laughs) So I really went back to what I knew, which was creating awesome products that I really believed in. And so we struggled for the first year and a half to, you know, I went to every retailer, pitching them on our products. Nobody was interested. (laughs) Um, And so I really started to connect with our community online by being vulnerable and sharing what I was going through as a founder. And so our business did not take off instantaneously. We have a product called Overnight Sensation Sleeping Mask. And there's like, there, even though you will get results in one, one use with Overnight Sensation, there's no such thing as an Overnight Sensation in business. And Thrive Cosmetics is absolutely an example of that. I mean, I, w- I remember all of the challenges that I had, whether it was having enough money to formulate the products and ultimately produce them or not knowing anything about e-commerce. I was a product person. I didn't know anything about sales. And so um, it was really through the the authentic connection that we had with our customers because it was, we had had celebrities talk about us. We had been on Good Morning America, been in Vogue magazine, been on the Today Show. And, you know, we would get spikes in our business, but there was nothing, we didn't have that catalyst moment that really made the business become a viable business until the end of 2016. And it was really when our customers started having a conversation. We posted an organic post on Instagram and Facebook about our eyeliner. And then all of a sudden, all of these women started talking about how our eyeliner had changed their life. And it was, at first it was five women, then it was 10. And it snowballed into thousands of women. And that was really, even though we were a really small business, we had this community that was catapulting us to this multi-million dollar business um, in a matter of days. And so it was really our Thrive Tribe, who's our, that's our what we call our community, and they are the ones who have built this brand. So when you were b- before the eyeliner mm-hmm. um, made a big impact on social in terms of the community having that conversation, um, were there moments where like paying the bills was challenging or um, getting products launched was felt impossible? Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I didn't have any money. So I had to, I mean, I used my own money to be able to fund the company. And so every product that we launched had to be funded by the sales of the business. And so, yeah, we did not have, I launched with one product and it was you know, because I was running the business out of my apartment, that allowed me, I mean, that was a warehouse. The apartment was a warehouse. It was an office. It was a a lab for formulating products. And so I didn't have to worry so much about rent for an office, but but definitely was concerned about paying rent for myself. I will say that working a full-time job, while it was very challenging from a time management perspective, because I was really transparent with that founder up front, and it wasn't a competitive category, I was able to do both. And I would definitely give that advice to somebody who is nervous about starting a business because you just have that extra safety net of, okay, if this doesn't work out, at least I can fall back on that. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was terrified every day. Like I, you know, I was, I was fulfilling the orders myself and 
than walking them up to USPS and putting them in the bin. Um, and it wasn't that long ago, so I'll never forget that. And and it was definitely a challenge. Uh, sometimes I have um, like this little bit of um, financial insecurity, PTSD. I mean, I have plenty of it right now because of COVID. Yeah. But, you know, before COVID, I'd have these feelings where, um, you know, a few years ago, um, in the business, I was making so little money that like just going out outside and going to buy an iced tea or like, a, a, I don't know, a snack was like, oh, wait, I don't think I really have the money for this iced tea. Right. And like this, this haunts me. Right. Even though like I can go buy an iced tea now and not have to second guess it. I always still remember where I was. Yeah. Right. Not not that long ago. Um, when my kids were little and I was like, Ooh, like maybe I won't buy iced teas today. Um, you know, is there something that sort of like follows you around, even if it's like just a distant shadow that kind of, um, is not, I look at it as a progress meter, Mm -hmm. but like, is there something that kind of follows you around in a progress meter sort of way like that from the early days? Yes. I did not look at my bank account for a couple years. Of course I looked at Thrive Cosmetics bank account. And then ultimately when I just completely depleted, that I also had to um, deplete my own personal bank account, which again was less than $100,000. I was 25 years old. <laughs> and so for me, what's it's so interesting that you say that about iced tea, because for me, it's, it's the restaurant bill. It's going to the oh, going okay. to the restaurant and just not having to zero in on every single penny that, you know, how much everything costs and things like that. So Uh, that for me is definitely something that follows me around. Every time I go out to eat, I'm so thankful that I have enough money to be able to pay for the bill and not be stressed about that. Groceries, same thing. I was so stressed about the grocery bill all the time. Um, And I didn't have to worry about hotels because my my friends in Manhattan allowed me to sleep on their air mattress. So that was really nice. Um, But yeah, it's groceries and food. I guess I must love food. (laughs) So, you know, the um, the place you were in where you were like working a, your, a full-time job, making this your second job, packing your own packages, communicating directly with your customers, this is a, this is a pretty common entrepreneurial story, right? Mm-hmm. But not everybody turns their story into what you've developed. Um, so what would be your advice to somebody, especially right now during COVID? So I have friends and clients who are, you know, anxious, like they're small, mm-hmm. tiny brands, one, one woman show, um, and, you know, they're trying to find... Um, how to be cash rich in this moment, but what's, what kind of advice can carry them through this time period um, to make them believe that they can do what they want to do? What always carried me through was my why behind the business. And my why in the beginning and still today is the women that we are helping. So I started the business by actually, before we ever launched, we donated products. And um, because Every time somebody buys something, we donate. And I started with donating products only. And the way that I was able to overcome the fear in those moments at 2 a.m. when I was like, how, like, we literally had zero sales yesterday. Like, how am I going to make this happen? It was the letters and the phone calls and all of everything that I heard back from the women who had received our products was what kept me going. And those people, like I remember Stephanie, this, this person that we donated products to, she said, the beauty industry needs this, the world needs this. And we thank you so much for your support. And she was, she's this incredible person, but to have a note like that in my kitchen at the time, cause I didn't have an office 
like that was what kept me going. Or my someone who I now call my friend, but I didn't know her. I reached out to her. She was in Canada, a breast cancer survivor, and donated products to her. Nolly. She's now come to countless giving events with us. She, you know, and she supported me in those moments too. So while we have have given now over a hundred million dollars in product and funds to support people, we've gotten so much back as well. So let's um let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what's happening now in the world, right? With COVID, um, it's really changed the way we all do business. Um, unfortunately, some of our friends don't have jobs anymore, right? There's a lot of insecurity um, and anxiety in the world um, for people's health and their livelihoods. So uh, what is what is the type of leadership or your leadership style in this moment when it comes to your growing team and your scaled business? I think it's really important to be vulnerable. And that's something that I wish that I would have learned five years ago when I was starting Thrive Cosmetics. I used to really believe that you have your personality at work and then you have your personality outside of work. But what I've learned over the last few years is the importance of being vulnerable with your team. And it's not like I'm going to get up there and and cry every single time that I, <laughs> that I talk to the team. But I have been really transparent with the team about what we're going through as a business and the ways that we're looking at things. And, you know, we went remote right away. So that was something that we had not done before. And so I was like, hey, guys, we are building this plane as we're flying it. So we got to <laughs> we got to just stick together, provide candid feedback to us as your leadership team so that we can continue to support you. And, you know, we've we've tried different things as far as increasing our all hands. Like I mentioned at the top of this, keeping our traditions alive the best we can. But the truth is we're still figuring it out. And I have to say, our team has done such an incredible job of coming together during this time. And again, nobody's perfect, but we've I'm really, really proud of what we've done. So um, when we were talking yesterday, I mentioned that I'm really into coaching. I have like multiple coaches like at all times. And that was really um, a, a huge shift for me. Three years ago when I first hired a coach, I went from being super insecure and like filled with self-doubt and having a lot of ideas in my head, but didn't know which ones to pursue to like literally dreams come true for me and my business. Even just like having work right now, right? Like the fact yeah. that my agency is busy, I'm like, okay, this is stressful and intense, but I'm grateful. Um, so coaching, um, and therapy, um, for over 10 years has been really helpful for me. You mentioned that you actually have a staff member who coaches, um, your team. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So we have a full-time therapist on staff who is our chief wellness officer. She was somebody that I saw privately and saw such an impact. And it was about three years ago that I started seeing her. Well, no, oh my gosh, three and a half years ago. That's crazy. So Erin Brower is somebody who I worked with. She had a very successful practice. She did not need to, to come work for Thrive Cosmetics, but she did a little over two years ago, start working with our team. And she has been such a change agent for our company in the way of building our culture. And has she teaches all of us about healthy communication, recognizing our emotions, and then taking responsibility for our emotions so that then you can ultimately be a more active member in a conversation. And, and so, you know, we are, we're not sitting around and meditating all day or saying kumbaya, but we're being really candid, direct with each other. And um, Aaron has made a huge impact on our culture and will continue to. 
I'm um, hopeful that people, brand owners will take um, inspiration from this because I do think having this type of coaching and guidance at your fingertips is really um, the future of business. And I mentioned to you this TV show, Billions, where there's this um, therapist character who helps this hedge fund grow. Um, I need to watch this show. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of dark and whatever, but you know, like there's, there's Wendy and Wendy takes that role. Um, but you know, just being able to have someone to talk to about how to solve problems, how to grow, how to get up on stage. If I'm terrified of speaking in front of audiences, right. How to problem solve, how to like kind of erase some of the PTSD from other jobs. These are things that really are essential to us being productive, not just at work, but in our lives. Right. So I think it's an incredible gift for your team to have this. Thank you. And it's been such a gift to me. I, used to be anxious about things that now that I look back on, it's just like such a waste of energy and such a waste of time. And I've made so many mistakes. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. I have sent emails that I shouldn't have said, sent, but, and I still make mistakes. <laughs> I, but I think being willing to work on yourself is where all of the growth is can happen for you. So yeah, it's, I, I hope other people do too, because it's made such an impact on it. We have now over 70 employees and out of all of the perks that we offer at Thrive Cosmetics, Aaron Brower is number one on the thank you list. Well, I want to give a shout out to our former intern at Base Beauty, Rukmitha, just joined your team yes. like a month ago. So that's so cool. And I hope that she's able to thrive at Thrive. Um, she is. She is already. She's amazing. I told you, and I'm going to say that out loud to everybody, like our business was one version of itself before Rukmitha, and then she spent the summer with us, and then we were like a completely different business. It was incredible <laughs> the impact an intern could have. So I'm super glad that she found a home with you. Um, so I just want to switch gears a little bit. We um, got a lot of questions from fans over social for you. You have a very active fan base. Um, they're really excited to give us questions. Some of them will be a little lighter than talking about COVID, but I think everyone okay. can use you know a little lightening up in their moments. So um, I love this one from Emily McDonald, 77. She asked, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh my goodness. Where do I see? Um, I see animals in my future. I see... I have dreams of having an animal shelter, but I literally think it would be such a failure because I went to go volunteer at an animal shelter and that's how I wound up with Cody, my first rescue. And now I have another dog, Cooper. And But I would love to have horses and I would love to have kids someday. I um, So maybe in the next 10 years that will happen. I don't know. Um, but I definitely see myself with lots of animals and maybe a rescue. That's so cool. My kids are um, petitioning consistently for a dog, and I just feel like I won my independence. They're um, 12 and 9, so like I'm not ready to give it up. But as we're walking around um, the neighborhood, they keep telling me that our family's not complete. Um, oh, my gosh. They are smart. You've raised some smart cookies. Yep. So wow. I'm like, okay, maybe, 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 but not now. Okay, so oh. Kate MCD7 is asking, what's one of the mantras you live by? You are never too young and you're never too old to be who you always wanted to be. I actually was so insecure about my age until, I don't know, a couple years ago because I was constantly being told that I was too young to do things. And I also think it's the same thing for, I think you look at people like Jennifer Lopez, you look at Madonna, you look at these amazing women who have started businesses in their 60s and 70s, and that is my mantra, absolutely. 
So you, um, people have given you a hard time about your age. Absolutely. Yeah. How, what is How does that come to light? You know, it's so interesting because I can't, I can't tell if it's sexism or ageism, but I actually, exp- I, when I think about sexism versus ageism, I actually feel like I personally experienced a lot more ageism. I think one, one is that I look young. Um, two, I was always very ambitious and wanted to climb that corporate ladder. And so it, you know, the way that it showed up at Thrive Cosmetics, um, you know, with outside sources, not people who were were necessarily working for Thrive, but sometimes, you know, people who are no longer working for Thrive would say, like, you really need an adult in the room, or I will be your training wheels. Um, yeah, and it was other women sometimes saying that to me. It was men saying that to me. I've been told, you know, that was the best business pitch that I've ever heard from a woman. And I was like, from a woman? Like, you know, and I grew up in a small town. I, you know, it was, it was a small conservative town and and I never thought that I was less than because I was a woman. And so thankfully my reaction was to just be like, uh, what are you saying? But, um, yeah, I've definitely, and even it's so funny, like people who, again, because I'm not a celebrity or an influencer or anything like that, people will be like, are you the intern? Are you, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? So I'm sorry to laugh, but no, uh, it's like real It makes world me stuff. laugh. Yeah. Oh no, it, it totally makes, it makes me laugh too. And it's, it's one thing that was really interesting. So I just turned 30 last July. And what was so funny for me was it, when I was 29, I was too young to be a CEO. But now that I'm 30, I get told that I look good for my age. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Thanks. You know, so, but I just have fun with it. When people are like, you're a child. I'm like, I am a child. My parents' names are Jenny and Steve (laughs) and I'm 30. Thanks. That's so interesting because I actually like make such a point of saying my age and I don't know if I'm doing it because I'm trying to erase, you know, sort of maybe, maybe I went through some of what you went through, but maybe just didn't have, um, the awareness level that you have, but I'm like always telling people I'm 44. And then I guess I told them I was 40, 41, 42, right? Like, I feel like it's so important to say like my mm-hmm. age um, out loud because I don't want, I don't want to create shame around age. Um, well, and also 44 is such a cool number. A so cool you number. should, but then I'll, I'll be 45 be. and that will be a cool number too. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I, 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 I love the way that Again, women like Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Lopez are changing the conversation. There is no expiration date on women. And when we see that in the world, we see these amazing women. It's like, I'm like, I can't wait to look like J-Lo when I'm 50. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm like, and, and to have accomplished things like her, I and I am a super J-Lo fan. So, um, uh, but, you know, I, I just, I, I love you know, the Jennifer Anistons of the world. There, there are so many examples. Oprah, think about Oprah. I mean- She's just continues to get better and better with time. Okay. So we have so many good questions. Let me pick my, my last one for you. Um, okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about product. What's the product that you're most proud of? Buildable Blur CC Cream. I am really proud of Buildable Blur CC Cream because it was one of the first inclusive CC Cream launches that I know of. Um, and we worked with our community hand in hand to develop each and every shade. So we launched our CC cream where most brands have like five to seven shades. We had 18 and it was 
by the grace of our community that we were able to create something that was so inclusive. And I, it also really just represents who our customer is. Our, our customer base is literally 18 to 80. Like we, you know, you can, the teenager can find something that she loves. The aunt can find something she loves. The grandma can. And um, CC Cream works for all women, all skin types, all skin tones. And that's something I'm really proud of. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom with us today. I'm so happy to know you now. Thank you. I know. I can't wait to get together with you. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Carissa. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.